<laughs> it's all good. I mean, yeah. What time did you start doing that stuff? What time? Yeah. Oh, like 8.30 in the morning. Really? Yeah, 8.30 to 5. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, we're did also... take a break uh, for lunch or... Yeah, we do. Uh, yeah, we did get... <laughs> uh, yeah, with, we finally got the Iron Mountain trucks to come, so we're kind of making hay while the sun shines because they act like they can't get the deliveries to us on time. Yeah. Which is weird. Like, Walmart gets the same delivery every day. You know, like, they know when their trucks are coming. Why is this such a problem for us? Yeah. So we're just like... Wait, what was Walmart delivering? What oh, I don't know. But, like, for example... They act like they can't get us trucks on time. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, trucking companies seem to do that on a regular basis. So get your shit together. I don't know. Yeah. I shouldn't throw shade at them. But <laughs> I don't know. They've been, they've been kind of irritating to us. Oh, yeah. We're supposed to get books on Friday. We didn't. At oh. all. We didn't get any until Monday, about midway through the day. So I don't know what's going on. And then they got in the way of other stuff. Yeah. Did, well, did we, you have to deal with them personally? Did you have to be like, what the hell, Walmart? No, I, I think I'm just the peon. I make 10 bucks an hour to put shit on the shelves. So <laughs> it's thankfully somebody else can handle that. I'll just do the backbreaking manual labor and <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's yeah. for another month and they pay me and yeah, I don't, have to, I got up at eight twenty and I had to be at work at eight thirty. So there's something to be said for that. Yeah. Like, I just put on clothes and walked outside. Oh, nice. I don't even have to look nice because who the hell cares? I, yeah. I'm going to get sweaty. I'm going to ruin these clothes anyway. So. so Yeah. Wait, are those the same clothes you were wearing? All no, I, I took a nap and then I changed. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> no, smart. I'll be like, yeah, you're not sweating. You, you look nice. Oh, yeah. You're Thank you. Well, you, you. You usually have like like the open shirt and the tank top. That's like your... Yeah, I've, I've been. I've really scaled down. Are we on? Yeah, we're okay. on. Okay, I didn't know that. I just. I didn't yeah, know if we were shooting the shit or. Okay. Yeah, I turned it on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, <laughs> I, I, I kind of decided I just don't have the wherewithal to make fashion choices on a regular basis, and yeah. so I kind of. I, I, I've mostly merged over to just like white, like, I don't know. I guess in my head it was a James Dean type of thing. Like I'm gonna look cool and like, it, it, with this reduced plain white tee and jeans kind of look. Yeah. Um, yeah. And some, but sometimes when, I'll, when, when I have to do laundry mostly, yeah, the yeah. tank top and the open shirt and the, sometimes I just grab whatever's there and I've got like 200 wrestling t-shirts or something stupid like that. Really? I just got like a lot of photos of like, you know, wrestlers on your t-shirt. Uh, yeah. I mean, sometimes there's a logo or a sassy saying or something. It's not uh-huh. always a picture of the wrestler, but what are sassy things? I, I know John Cena. Isn't John Cena like, you can't see me? Yeah, you can't see me. I don't know. So, yeah, um, I have one that says, I'm coming for you, nerd, because there's the guy named Mr. His, his name's Mr. Touchdown. Yeah. And so his gimmick is like, I play football and I hate nerds, oh. which is, he's really good at wrestling. He's fabulous. I don't know. Um, his name's Mr. Touchdown? Yeah, I mean, he, ha- he was Mr. Touchdown, Mark Angelicetti, and then they're like, eh, we're just going to call you Mr. Touchdown. He's like, okay. Yeah, it's <laughs> it gets the point across, right? Yeah, I don't know. I've got. Um, I'm, t- I'm trying to think of one now. I'm sorry, I just woke up, so no, it's I'm okay. Also, no, also no, I get, I get the whole just got up from a nap feeling. Yeah, I mean, some of them, some of them don't have anything sassy on them at all, but it's just a design or a logo or something. It's mostly when you go to shows. Um, a lot of times, there's a wrestler there that you kind of want to support. It's the same reason people wear jerseys to football games or yeah. whatever, or. Um, or people make signs for them the same way they do for sports events. So it's not so different. It's not so off the beaten path from that sort of thing. Uh, and also for these, like, cause I don't, I watch WWE. I was at the last pay-per-view that was in Pittsburgh at console and PPG paints arena, whatever. It Wait, is you're, now. there was a pay-per-view at Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's, it's weird to call them pay-per-views because like WWE has moved to a model where they, they have their own streaming network. 
So they have, I mean, some of it is a bunch of, they, when WWE became the top dog in wrestling, they bought everybody's tape libraries, basically. Okay. So they have hours and hours and hours and hours of, uh, you know, of footage going back to, oh, I don't know, like decades and decades. Really? So, so they're progressively putting all that up. When did it start going on television wrestling? Uh, the 80s. Oh, really? Like when cable became a big thing. And WWE was sort of at the forefront of that. Okay. And also NWA, which became WCW because Ted Turner owned both companies. And Ted Turner was really loyal. To, I mean, he's a crazy bastard. Yeah. He's going to sue me. I hope he, I hope he doesn't hear your podcast, Alex. I hope Ted Turner's <laughs> he's my number through. one fan. Ah, uh, I get fan letters from Ted Turner oh, all the time. I'm boned now. Um, <laughs> I can probably find a job in a church somewhere. I'm probably oh, good. Yeah. No, like he was loyal to wrestling for a long time because it was like when he was starting TBS and his, his own TV stations, you know, WCW Saturday night was the flagship show, like Saturday at 6.05. Yeah. And wrestling did him good business for a long time. So he was really loyal to WCW and pro wrestling in general, like far past what it probably had earned from him. I don't, I don't know. He, he was just very loyal to it for a long time because that, that was his roots and it sort of kept him afloat when a lot of other things weren't. Yeah. So yeah. So it became on cable TV and uh, WWE started producing pay-per-views. Like you have the little box and you order it through, you know, 40, 50, they, I, I don't even know how much they are anymore, but you can subscribe with a Roku or an Apple TV or Kremlin. Yeah. I don't know what people have. There's, there's all that different shit. Yeah. Yeah. But you can stream it all to your TV and they stream the pay-per-views, the big events on yeah. there. So Doesn't you UFC do that? Like I they have like the big. so. Yeah. By the way, I'm talking to Michael Andrek. Oh, that's, yeah, that's important. Yeah. I, I slipped your name in there. That's, oh, I said I your see. last name, right? Right. Yes, Andre. Okay. Andre. Yeah, just like it looks. Yeah. Andre. Okay. So wait, like uh, I know UFC does that. Like they have like the big pay per view events. Yeah. Yeah. And like I remember sometimes hearing people just going like, it was like, oh, I wasted all this money because like the fight started and it was over in like five seconds. Right. Because they because it's just guys are just beating the shit out of each other. Right. But like you know, and I'll be honest with you. I think I've probably told you this before because we were supposed to do this like a long time ago. A while ago. Yeah. Yeah, but then we couldn't get in. Mm-hmm. But you and me had a nice chat. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. We, we sat outside on the veranda. <laughs> veranda? Is that what you call it? Uh, the patio sure. of Unplanned. Right. Yeah, we had a nice little chat about wrestling and life. and Because uh, you were going to a viewing of a p- famous Pittsburgh wrestler. Oh, that's right. That was when Bruno San Martino died. Yeah. Uh, how old was he when he died? Well, he was like 80-something. He was up there. He, oh, really? He lived for he lived for a long time. Was yeah. he big in WWE? Was he yeah. like, really well-known? or? Yeah. What's his name again? Uh, Bruno what? Bruno San Martino. Yeah, Bruno he San was Martino. maybe the greatest world champion of all time. Um, really? It, it's And this is just not like a, like you were just saying this as like a Pittsburgher. You actually think he's like as a... No, he's a huge deal yeah. all across. Yeah. Um, it, was, it, was the, it was the WWWF and then the WWF, and then they had to change the name in the early 2000s for a copyright reason. Yeah. But... Um, He's the longest reigning heavyweight champion of all time, which is still sort of a feat. I mean, we all kind of like we all know that like the fix is in, right? Yeah. But even so, like this is the guy that WWFE said like, no, he's the flagship star. Oh, like really? we're going to put him at the top of our brand, and I mean, the guy sold out arenas all across the country, and you didn't have cable, so like it was just like word of mouth. People knew that. I mean, I, I would say he was a household name. Oh, really? Like, the way that most wrestlers have never been. Um, save, I don't know, Hulk Hogan, The Rock, Stone Cold, maybe John Cena, but yeah, yeah, he was, he was a big deal and it's, um, it was a different era too, which is interesting. He's just this like big, tough guy kind of speaking like this. He's just this like Italian kid from Pittsburgh, right? And he just sort of talks like an Italian kid from Pittsburgh, um, and says how he's going to beat his opponents and there's nothing really flashy about it, but he was big and strong and good at wrestling 
and people loved him. And there was something, there's something cool about that. Yeah. It was a different era. He held the title for, oh God, I don't know, years on end, which is unthinkable. World champion? Yeah, which is unthinkable in today's <laughs> world of wrestling where there's at least one paper, like WWE has at least one pay-per-view a month and there's five hours of TV a week unless you count 205 Live or main event or NXT. <laughs> but like just like the main roster WWE, okay, there's wow. like five. Yeah. Holy crap. Do you have like... Uh, like these channels to watch this stuff or yeah i mean it's some of this is just like on usa i don't watch a lot of it i kind of keep up with it um do you like uh, like through us like a website or like is yeah, it like you, you can stream anything if you want i mean oh yeah definitely there, there's places to find are you a part of like any like fan clubs or like you know just like where you get like emails or like how do you how do you keep up to date on this stuff? i read reviews, read reviews? I, I have a friend that writes for a website and he's pretty funny and he ha- gets paid to watch all the shows so i'd rather read him than most people i'll give him some clicks yeah because you know him very well so I know probably, pretty well, yeah yeah so like and, and there's and this is all on i mean people live tweet from the arena people <laughs> compile and review the shows yeah. and people live tweet through things. anything really yeah yeah that's that, that's that's an interesting aspect of the business which is that uh like once you know wrestling is fixed, it's very obviously fixed. Like, especially when yeah. you grow up and you're not 12 anymore. Like, oh, they're stomping when they punch. Oh, if you throw a guy into ropes, he doesn't bounce back like that. That's not how physics works. Yeah. But back in Like, the- when he, like, he, like... Oh. <laughs> I was going to imitate it through a podcast. But, like, <laughs> when he gets pushed and he's, like, pushed on, like, the ropes. Yeah. Like... What do you mean, like? Oh, like, well, like an, it's called an Irish whip. Okay, um, but like when a guy like grabs a guy by the arm and throws him into the ropes and he bounces back. Yeah, like I mean, that's just to create movement and drama. Like, yeah, you would not bounce back if you were physically thrown into the ropes that way. Oh, and the oh, yeah, and the guy's like pretty <laughs> obviously <laughs> running with it too. Like yeah. he's going with it, right? Yeah. So like, and one of the things is that when you say you're a wrestling fan, is that oh well, you know it's fake, right? Which one I take umbrage with the use of that term. Two, yes, we know. Yeah. Like we, we all not know stupid. We've all known since we were children, right? And if you think yeah. about it for like ten seconds medium hard, you understand. Like we're we're choosing to get lost in this fantasy world the same way anybody gets lost in any story, right? Yeah. The same reason people watch Game of Thrones or Breaking Bad. I don't know what people watch nowadays. The Handmaid's yeah. Tale. The Handmaid's uh, Tale. Which I hear is good. Whatever uh, Black Mirror I sure. hear. A lot of people talk about yeah, that. Yeah, Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah, these and which are all <laughs> equally goofy and like I mean yeah. s- spider monsters and other dimensions and things, right? Like None of that is remotely realistic, but yeah, we're, it's, it's, it's entertainment. There's a certain amount of escapism in it, which is, I think, healthy to a certain extent to yeah. be able to get away from that. But um, up until really the 80s and then mid-90s when the internet became a big thing, yeah. it, was more, it was possible to a certain extent to keep the word is kayfabe. What's that? Um, that is like the fake, I just used the word fake. It's the, the, the fictional word um, the word used to describe the fictional world of wrestling. Okay. So like there's like real life and then there's kayfabe, which is, so there's Mark Calloway, who's um, a guy with a doting wife um, and he's a doting husband and they have a doting child. I don't, I'm not sure what doting means. That yeah. I don't know what that means. They're doting. He's, he's a guy who happens to be really tall and drops his kid off at school. And in kayfabe, he's the undertaker and he's a undead zombie mortician who has lightning powers and has come back from the dead multiple times. The Undertaker has a long and complicated and somewhat sordid history and character. Okay. The, the guy did himself, he make up this character, uh, The Undertaker? He, he did not, I don't think. I, if I remember the story correctly, I think it was a Vince McMahon idea. I read part of an interview with him where he describes where the character came from because he was mean Mark Calloway. 
Yeah. And he teamed with Dangerous Dan Spivy, and they were called the Twin Towers. I believe they were in WCW at the time. Okay. And he was just this tall ginger <laughs> kid, but like he was good at wrestling. Um, but especially with that era of the WWF, like Vince McMahon, the guy who runs it, saw something more. And so they gave him this really cartoony gimmick that would not have worked for most people. And he ma- he's made it work for almost 30 years now okay. in some form. So you could maintain kayfabe in some sense. Like, and The Undertaker was really one of the last big holdouts for that. Like, you can see wrestlers, like some people go to their hotels, which is kind of weird. Some people, but if you see them in a restaurant, some people might stop and say hi, right? Like, yeah. you're my favorite wrestler, which is, I don't know how I feel about that sometimes. Like, on one hand, it seems kind of rude. On the, like, just let them eat their meal. On the other hand, yeah. like, what are you going to get a chance to do this? And I think they kind of know that that's coming, right? Like, The Undertaker was a guy who stayed out of the spotlight, didn't necessarily travel with the other wrestlers. It wasn't like you saw... You didn't see The Undertaker at Applebee's, right? Okay. Because that wouldn't make any (laughs) sense. So he was a real holdout. Not so much anymore, because just everything's changed. But for years... Does he still wrestle, or is he He wrestles occasionally. Um, He's he's 50-some years old. So he's got... I mean, he nobody can really maintain that kind of pace into that. All the things he's done to his body, all the surgeries he's had. But um, back in the day, you know, before... Before there was, especially the internet, um, where people live again live tweet results from shows, and you can find anybody's <laughs> real name on Wikipedia. Yeah, and like it's even in Mexico, um, they still maintain an aspect of that. A lot of luchadors would like who wear the masks. Okay. their real name is unknown. Like nobody knows where they came from, and they're super secretive about not letting anybody find yeah. out about that. Um, you know, when people started spoiling What's the shows, name again? Uh, Luchadors? Luchadors, okay. Yes, uh, fighters. Fighters, and, and, oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh. so like, for, for a long time, you know, if there was just this traveling, traveling wrestling company yeah. and they did a good job of keeping everything under wraps, um, you didn't know that these guys didn't hate each other in real life, right? And, it, and they would, if you ask them in public, like, no, I, I hate that guy, he's my rival, they would keep up that persona and be that character in public a lot of the time, even if you were at Applebee's. Um, yeah, like with your with your family, go like, no, I fucking hate that guy. Right, right. right. It's like, I'm kicking his ass on Friday. No, yeah. Tony, you don't understand. <laughs> My son, uh, Tony was his son. If, if that wasn't clear in the uh, hypothetical, no, but right, like, <laughs> but like when you were in public, you kept up the guise of this wrestler character who wants to beat this guy and has these certain characteristics. Okay. In the late '80s, um, there were two wrestlers. One was named Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And if it, a lot of some, some, I don't know who listens to this, but some people probably know who he was. He's just kind of this big dopey pro America guy that hits people with a two by four and says "ho" and puts his thumb in the air. I don't. I've never quite understood his appeal, but I always sort of felt like he wasn't meant to appeal to people like Hacksaw me. Jim Duggan. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, winner of the first Royal Rumble in 1988. Somebody will correct. What's me the Royal Rumble? Like it's just. It is a big event they do yearly. Well, I guess it's more than once yearly if you count this year. That's a long story. But it's a uh, two guys start in the ring, and the only way you can beat the other guy is by throwing him over the top rope, and both of his feet hit the floor. Or his or her, because there have been women in it now, too. Um, and then every 30 seconds, there's a big countdown, and another guy runs in the ring. So now there's three guys fighting until one of them gets eliminated. And that keeps happening until there's 30 guys. Now, someone get eliminated along the way, so there's never 30 guys in the ring. But there are 30 people in the match total, and you just keep eliminating each other until there's one guy left. I'm a huge mark for it. Um, a huge uh, mark. Mark is an old carnival term. Okay. Like if somebody, um, if somebody uh, clearly didn't understand that the carnival games were rigged and was spending a lot of money on them, yeah. the promoters like somebody would come up and put a mark on his back so that when the other guys who ran the you know the ring toss or whatever saw that guy, they go, "Oh, he's a mark. I can get him to spend money on my game too because oh, yeah. he has more money than he does sense." So like back then, you didn't know like the Royal Rumble. 
rumble was rigged. Most people, most people didn't. Like, really, the, like the only like journal, th- there was no online forums. So, like, people yeah. read wrestling magazines, and there was some. Some of them kept up kayfabe too, okay. and treated it like it was real. So, others were more like behind the scenes kind of stuff. But like, if you wanted to see a match from Japan. You just like put an ad, like a classified, in the back of these magazines, and then some guy <laughs> with questionable origins in like New Jersey or somewhere would send you a VHS tape. Wait, these are like wrestling magazines, yeah. And you ask, like, "Hey, can I see? I want to see battle. Dynamite Kid versus Tiger Mask from 1985." And some guy who has a copy of 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 a tape. This is these were all VHS tapes too, in like the 80s, 90s, right? Yeah. Like, and they would they would make a copy of it and send it to you, and then you would send them like a tape back. It was tape trading. So you just sent each other matches that you Did you, you ever to see. do that? No, I was too young for that. Oh. I didn't get in, I didn't get in, into this until uh, I was I was 11. So uh, Halloween Havoc 1997 WCW was the first tape So you're 32 now? I'm 32. That's oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so the Hacksaw Jim Duggan was feuding with a guy named the Iron Sheik, which I've is, heard of him before. Yeah. yeah. So Iron Sheik's gimmick was that he was from Iran. That got a lot more heat in the late 70s and the 80s, right? Oh, okay. But um, yeah. he he waved the Iranian flag and they would sing the Iranian national anthem and he'd say like America Hak Patui. like that generic foreign heel stereotype, but he was really good at it. It's, it doesn't play that well in 2000, like 2018 for a yeah. variety of reasons, but it's super effective then. Well, the Iron Sheik and Hacksaw Jim Duggan were driving together and doing drugs together, and they got pulled over and arrested. So all of a sudden, there was, you know, across cable <laughs> news outlets all across the nation where okay. these guys who hate each other were doing cocaine together yeah. and got arrested driving together in a car. So clearly, they're not rivals. And I think that shattered a lot of people's perceptions of. If you were yeah. holding on to that last shred of, no, this is real. You guys don't understand. This is real. They really fight each other. That was kind of the nail in the coffin. Yeah. So so when you got like, when you started getting into this like 1997, you believed it was real. You like, when did it? You know, fi- for a little bit. When, when did it finally click in for you? Like, going like oh, this is rigged. This is like. I don't know. There, I don't know there was a moment. I don't remember like a watershed. Yeah. Um, like an epiphany. You go like, oh my God. I did have one friend who was really insisting it was real way past the point where most of us were like, it's fine. It's fixed. We can still like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. There was a moment. I, I, when, you're, when you're like 11 or 12, you're starting to get to be that age where you're like, this doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And sometimes yeah. they're like, they're like botches um, is, yeah. is the colloquial term where guys like clearly screw they clearly screw up the moves and you can see them bracing themselves and jumping into suplexes. And Oh really? Like yeah. a second guessing a move for a second? Or like- yeah. I mean, well even, you know, just the way these moves are done. Yeah. Um, the, when the guys dive to the outside, their opponent is under them to like, he gets hit with the move and I'm making, you, you can't see I'm making quotation marks. Yes. The, yeah. <laughs> but like, he's also catching the guy so he doesn't die. Right. Oh yeah. Like he's also bracing for the impact. Cause like, that's probably, isn't like, um, the ring. Uh, see, I have zero sure most people <laughs> wrestling knowledge. Yeah. So like the ring, isn't it like bouncy? Like, is, um, like it's, usually, it's a it's a mat on top of wood. On top oh of really? Steel. Yeah, which is why it makes that like if and even if you go to a live event, like they mic the ring so that when somebody gets slammed pretty you know fairly emphatically, it makes a big noise through the arena. You can even hear it on TV. They mic the ring for that purpose so that everything sounds bigger and better than it was when you. I, I trained to be a wrestler for a while. And when you really, uh, uh, yeah, for just for, I want, I want to hear that while. story after this. Okay. okay. Um, when you learn to bump, which is to like fall down and not get hurt. It's, okay. If you see me do comedy, I will fall a lot. And it's because generally speaking, I know how to fall without hurting myself too bad. Oh, good. And it's something that I can use to my advantage. You did that in class yesterday. Yes. And I, <laughs> I, I know how to fall. And I also learned how to trip 
Um, one of the guys from the uh, Reduced Shakespeare Company that was in town not so long ago, they, they had a, they, they're producing their new play and it's running in Pittsburgh. Uh, I went to see it, but before I went to see the play, uh, this guy's trained with like Ringham, like Ringham, Ringham Brothers, Brothers Ringling and Bailey. Okay. Like when they had a clown college, which they haven't had for like 25 years. Clowning is kind of a lost art. That's but right. like he taught us how to trip and how to um, pull people's hair without actually pulling their hair. And how to like slap people without actually slapping them. Normally, I just slap people on stage if I know them. I just like know them well enough. Hope that yeah. they're, and if they're mad enough, they'll just slap me back and it'll make the scene better. But yeah, so like <laughs> I learned some clowning techniques, and that's kind of, that's half of what I was showing off. You just kind of like trail your right leg behind your left leg and then let it, let yourself trip and fall forward. Yeah, and like usually the instinct if you're falling down is to put your hands out. Right. You don't do that. Yeah. Um, you you brace with your hands at the last second. You want to lay flat, like turn your head to the side yeah. and fall. And that's part of the part of the bumping, part of the illusion in wrestling is you tuck your neck because God, you don't want to wang your head on the back of that mat. You don't want to. I I I think I can cuss myself doing improv once doing that. I hope somebody listening to this was there when it happened. It was level three at Steel City, and I forgot to tuck my neck all the way. And then just I don't remember the rest of the scene. Like the next thirty seconds are just this kind of fuzzy blur. What did you hit your head on? Like that what? pole in the middle of the stage? No, just on the floor. Oh, yeah. Just didn't brace enough, and like I went. I I knew I was going for it, but I didn't take the time to mentally prepare myself. I only needed a few seconds because I, yeah. I know how to do it. You do these drills over and over and over. But, you, you know, you, fl- you fall back and you let your arms go to the side. I feel like, I feel like there were these um, shows <laughs> in the late 90s, like Wrestling Secrets Revealed, and I feel like I'm just pulling the curtain back and letting everybody know um, all the sordid but dirty like, laundry. It's but, one of those things that everyone knows. Like, I'll admit to sure. you. I'll admit to you. I might have even told you when we were hanging out on the, I'm going to call it the unplanned mm-hmm. porch. Like, I probably told you, like, you know, I was one of those people who kind of, like, rolled their eyes at yeah. wrestling. I was kind of just like, uh, I don't Most get it. Most people do. We're pretty used like, to it. Yeah, I was like, I, I don't get it. But, like, that was coming from, like, I never watched it. I only saw sure. clips. So it was really just me just going, like, I don't get it. Yeah. And I never, like, took the time to watch it. And there's a, Yeah, there's a lot of moving parts that go into making it. And part of it is that when you fall back, you spread your arms. And yeah. you, you make this big... You slap the mat, but it's supposed to be in conjunction with your back falling. So okay. it makes this uniform sound. Ooh. And then when you mic the ring, too, it makes an even bigger sound. Um, and if you, if you do it right, then that, that, the illusion that these guys are really hitting each other really hard and slamming each other really hard is created. There's a, there's, they, they put a lot of work and thought into this. Oh, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Sounds, well, sounds like it. But, like, you know, it's like a known thing now that it's rigged mm-hmm. i mean do you still meet like wrestling fans like at your age who kind of go like oh but like okay i'll back up a little bit like sure. but there have been times where like they've actually gotten extremely hurt though. oh ob- yes I'm, i mean guys have died yeah really yeah um, well recently um pero aguayo pero aguayo jr was a fair a fairly famous mexican wrestler and Is he uh, popular around when you started getting into it or he'd been wrestling for a while he never i don't think he ever made a big splash stateside because he never really wrestled I don't know if he, I mean, he wrestled in, he wrestled extensively across Mexico and probably in other countries, but he never, like WCW in the 90s um, hired a lot of luchadors from AAA. What's WCW uh, again? World Championship Wrestling. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It was one of the two big companies in the 90s. They, they, they had this competition called the, that's colloquially called the Monday Night Wars in retrospect okay. where they were trying to put the other one out of business, WCW and WWE. They hired a lot of luchadors from Mexico and didn't always feature them to the extent that they probably should have. But at the same time, for were like, they not paying them as much as the other wrestlers? Or? I, I th- 
I don't, I don't know that they were like distinctly paying them less because they were Mexican. I think they were probably getting paid less because they weren't being featured very prominently. Yeah, so. so I can't, I can't accuse them would, of, but I, I don't know that for oh, sure. Oh, I wasn't like meaning that, but okay, I definitely sure. know uh, why you would say that. But like, um, uh, what I meant was like, um, definitely with like, uh, they didn't have them on, they didn't pay them as much probably because they weren't on as much. So yeah. why did they bring them again? Um, well, there's there's a lot of moving parts in the story. I mean, there was a lot of leadership changes and things. Yeah. Well, th- they they wrestled, but they were they were usually in like undercard spots. So like, there's like the main event is like the two or three most important matches, and the uh, especially the first most, the last match of the show. Yeah. And then the the undercard is everything under that. And if you're doing it well, you know, wrestling should be a circus. Is you know, if you don't like the elephants, stay for the clowns. If you don't like the clowns, stay for the trapeze artists. Yeah. So you can have two big bruisers beating the hell out of each other, and you can have a comedy match where guys are slipping on banana peels. If that's your thing. Really? Um, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah um, there's like comedy wrestlers. Good, good, good comedy wrestling is the best. Bad comedy wrestling is really bad. But yeah. that's true for a lot of wrestling. I think now that I say it out loud. Yeah. Um, WWE doesn't really understand that the comedy should be part of the wrestling itself. But yeah, once you know the tropes, you can violate them. And if you're a wrestling fan, it's very, very funny. Um, like, isn't it another thing? Like during those like wrestling programs, like didn't they like shoot them like backstage? Like, wouldn't there be like scenes of like them backstage just going like, "No, oh, I can't wait yeah, to like, kick this vin- guy's vignettes and promos." And yeah, yeah. did you like that stuff? Did oh yeah, you? that's the best. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, that's almost better than the stuff they do in the ring. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> just like them like hanging out backstage. Like it would be mainly like you know them just talking about how they want to kick the guy's ass. Or... Yeah, it's 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 a um it's an it's an art form unto itself, right? And that's how guys like Stone Cold and The Rock and Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan just kind of like screamed catchphrases into the microphone yeah. and did a bunch of cocaine and steroids. He's going to sue me now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we... we Not I, unless you oh, like have like serious sex with him and like he puts and it on. And he puts it on. Right. What, what, <laughs> you have to pay him like $120 million. Yeah, WWE is just <laughs> sort of recovering from that. Like they just like reinstated Hulk Hogan. Was he back at wrestling when that happened? He was, he's always kind of been around because, he's, yeah. I mean, he's a carny like the rest of us, right? Like, he knows where the money's to be made because he's, he's, he's wandered into other business ventures, but he's still Hulk Hogan. And if it's not based on Hulk Hogan being Hulk Hogan, it's probably not going to work. Yeah. But, yeah, he said some pretty unflattering things. Like, he got Gawker's money. Gawker went out of business. But he said some pretty fairly terrible racially charged not even racially charged. He said the N-word. That's about... That's, in the video? That's, that's way past racially charged, yeah. In the sex video? He Not said in the sex video, but when it came to trial, other recordings came out. Oh, God. And they were possibly less flattering than the sex video. We just kind of like roll our eyes at sex videos now. Like, oh, a celebrity put out a sex video. Like, oh, well, that's, yeah, 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 it's... that's part for the course now. <laughs> I'm surprised when people don't have a sex video. Yeah. But yeah, he said some... I think his daughter was dating a, a black gentleman and he had some fairly unflattering things to say. Ugh. I'm being euphemistic, but it's... A lot of people really don't like Hulk Hogan right now. Yeah. And But WWE, it's been like three years and they're like, well, they, they sort of quietly removed him from their Hall of Fame, but didn't really... They, they didn't... I think he might have been under contract and they ended that relationship. But yeah. now he, apparently he's coming back, which I could do without for a variety of reasons. I just really, it's... Were you ever a big fan of him? You know what? I, I came around to wrestling after he had turned heel, which is a big thing because he was like the biggest... Ba- babyface is a good guy. Heel's a bad guy, for reference. He was, um, he was the biggest babyface in the world for at least a decade. A hero. Right. He, he was, was huge. Right. Yeah. Body slamming Andre the Giant. You know, he was in... Main event after main event, like he made WrestleMania and made Vince McMahon a lot of money and vice versa. So like, I mean, Duke was a big deal and did a lot for the industry. 
uh, in terms of its perception, you know, because he was a yeah. big, he was a big deal, capital B, capital D, like household <laughs> name, right? Yeah. So when he he turned heel and joined what was called there was the New World Order, the NWO, with okay. two other guys who had defected from WWF to WCW. And it just like broke children's hearts and a lot of adults' hearts too by that point in time. What well, was just like an enemy company of the WWE? Yeah, was, and they yeah. hired away a lot of WWE's guys. There was a lot of dirty pool being played on both sides, so like nobody really comes out smelling like, like the roses. good person. Yeah, I mean, some of it's just business. Some of it they probably should just shouldn't have done because it was. What were the, some of the stuff they shouldn't have done? WCW used to um, give out. WWE was not live. They the Monday Night Raw has been running for. 25 years wow. since 1993 but okay. it was on it, it was taped until like 97 98 uh wcw started running their monday night program which was called nitro live and wwe eventually had to sort of keep up with the joneses and air theirs live too to compete with it and so but before it was taped like maybe no, maybe nobody was tweeting the results but somebody always was there and somebody could write it down so wcw knew or sorry yeah, no, that's right. WCW was the live show, and they would read WWE's results live on the air. Okay. Like, to give it away so that you what wouldn't watch the What results, though? What were the... Like, what, hap- what was going to happen on the show that night? Oh, okay. And it, sp- it backfired spectacularly one time like, because... Like, who would win and who would lose, or... Yeah. Like- like really? this guy, this yeah. If you watch the other guys, this guy beat this guy. This guy, like, so you wouldn't... You already knew who was going to win, so you wouldn't turn they over to watch They did that it. before? Oh, yeah. That's so stupid. Oh, w, yeah, W. w <laughs> what? That yeah, doesn't they, make any sense. No, like, no, no, and that's the thing. It backfired spectacularly on them because um, a guy, Mick Foley. I, yeah, I know of you him. Know of yeah, him. Yeah. Well, he was a character named Mankind at the time. And he was going, he won the title on Monday Night Raw. It's, it, and it was, nobody really saw it coming. It was a big deal. And this guy who had labored for years and was in like exploding death matches in Japan and lost his ear in a match and like had really paid his dues. Nick Foley? Oh, yeah. He oh, there's, has, there's a clip of it if you're interested. He only lost one, he only has one he, ear? Uh, I think they reattached it. Don't quote me on that. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. I have to look, he's I have been, to look he's, that he's up. Been, dude's been injured a lot. He okay. got thrown off the hell in a cell. And slam through the hell in a cell, and it's that. Um, it's a, it's like a cage match, but it's bigger and scarier. Supposedly scarier. A lot of it's chain link, which doesn't really scare me. The worst thing that can happen on chain link is like getting the skin between your fingers caught. I had a uh, chain link fence when I was a kid. Like I got injured on it a lot. But yeah. getting like thrown into it isn't all that damaging for an adult man. Yeah. But um, it was it was at the time it was like the biggest scariest match WWE had. I think the effect's been attenuated over the years, but it is like a 20, 25 foot high structure. And Mick Foley, it happened in Pittsburgh, it happened in the old Civic Arena actually. What's Tw- the Civic Arena ago. now? Um, it's a parking lot. Oh really? Yeah, because uh, they they tore it down and they built PPG Paints Arena. Oh. But yeah, he got thrown off the top of it through a table on the outside, which was like absolutely mind blowing. Like the problem is is that um, to the way I feel about stories is that you don't have to do something better than somebody else, but you can be just as good but different. And the problem with something like <laughs> wrestling, that especially WWE, that kind of forgets its own history until it's convenient, yeah. is that a lot of times they feel they need to keep upping the ante. And so now, like, I was at the show a couple Sundays ago here, and Braun Strowman was in a cage match with Kevin Owens, and he threw Kevin Owens off the top of the cage through a table. Now, it was a cool thing to see live, not going to lie. I didn't see it coming. But it was also like, it's pretty much the Mankind Hell in a Cell bump from 20 years ago. And now we're kind of like, 
and, like we thought we thought Mick Foley had died. Like 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 watching yeah. it live. Like oh like oh shit he's dead. Yeah. Like and Jim Ross who was the announcer at the time gave this amazing call. Like as God is my witness, Mick Foley's been broken in half. And then they go back up to the top of the cell, and the Undertaker choke slams him. And I don't think he knew the cage was going to give way, but there was like a hatch on the top, and it did. And Mick Foley fell through with a chair, and he ended up with a tooth in his nose. Oh. I don't know how that happens. Like this this shit's this shit's for real. Like. I, I get I, like this. He one, seriously got injured. He yeah. Ugh. Like there's and there's a, a tooth in his nose. Like it popped out of his mouth I'm and not, went into. I his think nose. it drove through somehow. I think because oh. he landed on a chair. A chair fell with him. Oh god. I'm not 100 percent sure how the injury happened, but yeah. I so so Mick Foley had gone through all of that, and uh, he n- nobody really saw this character winning the title, and yeah. WCW gave that result away on the air and said, you know, just so you know, Mick Foley's going to win the world title tonight. Yeah, that'll put butts in seats. That was the exact quote from Tony Schiavone, who was the announcer at the time, yeah. like sarcastically just saying like, oh, Mick Foley, because Mick Foley used to work for WCW too. He was Cactus Jack in WCW. Okay. Now he's working for the other guy. They're like, oh, just so you know, Mick Foley's going to win the heavyweight title. Yeah, that'll put butts in seats. And like t- three million people changed the channel because Mick Foley was really popular. Yeah. And I think it was all downhill from there. WCW made a lot of bad decisions. And then Time Warner got bought out by AOL and they didn't want wrestling anymore. So... We can talk about something else. We don't have to talk about wrestling the whole time. Like, no, no, no. Like, I've got a lot of tangential garden path <laughs> stories about pro wrestling. I'm, I know nothing about this stuff. So when you're like talking about like WWC and all these different companies, you're like, oh my God, I didn't know it was that deep. It's, I mean, and there's like five or six promotions, like obviously a lot smaller scale, but yeah. there's a bunch of local promotions too. Like there are wrestlers and wrestling events happening everywhere. Like small wrestling events. Yeah, KSWA runs in, in Lawrenceville. They run at Spirit. Actually, if I'm not mistaken, most of the time. Oh, really? They were running there before it was Spirit, when it was just like the Elks Lodge or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they're a good company. Um, and What's it's it called also, again? Uh, KSWA, Keystone State Wrestling Alliance. Yeah. It's not like the first one I would go to if I had a choice. But I, like for like driving a mile and a half from East Liberty or however far it is and yeah. paying 10 bucks to get in the door, it's a fun show. Oh, already. And their IWC runs usually down in the Elizabeth International Wrestling Cartel. Pro Wrestling Express runs that. Well, they're called Fight Society now, I think. PWX Fight Society. They run in this like abandoned Hungarian Catholic school building yeah. down in McKeesport. Um, RWA runs down in uh, Renegade Wrestling Alliance, runs down in West Newton. And some of these guys wrestle for... They're, they're, when you're an indie wrestler, and we'll bring it back around. This is why I buy T-shirts. I've kind of put a moratorium on it because I just have too damn many, and I don't yeah. know what to do with them. I might make a quilt out of them. Like these guys who <laughs> wrestle at Spirit or at you know the Court Time Sports Center in Elizabeth or at the abandoned Hungarian Catholic school building yeah. in the Key Sport or the gym down in West Newton, they don't make a lot of money. A lot of these guys will wrestle for – well, you, really, if you want to make any money at all, you have to wrestle for more than one company. That's also how you build a brand and get your name out there and get more bookings okay. and maybe you start moving up the ladder, right? <laughs> but, like, yeah. these guys get – you know, the, the, the colloquial term is a hot dog and a handshake. So, like, if you show up and you wrestle at a show and the show didn't make any money, the promoter gives you a hot dog from the concession stand and shakes your hand. Um, most guys make a little more money than that. But, like, you don't make a lot. You might cover your gas. But, like, I was told, like, when you, you know, the guys who train me, you know, if you think you're going to make money, get out now. Like, you're going to spend money doing this, and that's just the way it is. Yeah. So, like, these guys, they, they cram four or five in a car, and they go to these shows and put their bodies on the line. You know, like, it sounds cliche, but, like, not everybody's Mick Foley getting a tooth in their nose. But, you know, if, if, even if you do have insurance, like, getting concussed... Like you could break a neck. You could like, I mean, you could really seriously get injured. It could hamper yeah. whatever your day job is if you have one. Right. Yeah. So, so if I, if I really like these guys, I try to buy an autograph. 
I got a book full of autographs. Um, Even from like local unknown wrestlers? Yeah, I mean, I only have so much money, and I try to sort of pick the guys I I like and want to support the most, yeah. you know, because you kind of have to make decisions at some point. But, you know, if an autograph's five or ten bucks, who cares? Like, they can, I don't say they can use the money more than I can, but I want them to have this for entertaining me. And maybe that gets them to the next town, and that gets them, that gets that, especially in the age, of, you know, in 2018, when anybody can put anything online. Yeah. You know, these guys can build, you can go make your Facebook page, make your Twitter page, sell merch online, get a big cartel store or one of those, you know, cafe press, sell t shirts through, or prowrestlingtees.com will sell them for you. Um, hopefully, my money buoys them a little bit. Yeah. And hopefully, I can give them a little encouragement to keep this up because, you know, when you're, wrestling in front of 50 people in a gymnasium, hopefully you really want to do this because if you want to make it to PPG Paints Arena, you know, these, most of these guys started someplace like that. Yeah. So that's why I own a lot of wrestling t-shirts. And we brought the conversation full circle. Oh my God, hold on. It's called a callback. Hold on. I'm going to turn the lights on here because it's starting to it get dark. Okay. Yeah. Hold on. Uh, just say stuff into the microphone until I get back. Oh God. Oh, no, I'm on the spot. Um, baba Booey, Baba Booey. Um, Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry, I could not travel both and be one traveler. Long I stood and looked down one as far as I could. Oh, thank God. I, I wasn't sure I knew What's the rest that? of the What's that? Robert Frost. What? Robert Frost? Two words diverged. Two woods. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry, I could not travel both and be one traveler. Long I stood and looked down one as far as I could until it bent into the undergrowth. To where it bent into the undergrowth? Then took the other is just as fair and having perhaps the better claim, for it was grassy and wanted where, though as for that, the passing there had warned them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay with steps, with, with leaves, with grass, no step. Shit. You know this more than me. I've never read this. And, bro. Okay. And both that morning equally lay with leaves, no step, had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day, though, knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a size somewhere ages and ages hence. That's not right. I shall be telling this with a size somewhere something and something hence. Two roads diverged in a wood and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. That's the part you know. Yeah, the took the road the less diverging. Yeah. Took the road less travel. Is that like your favorite poem? Or no, it's just an easy one to memorize. I think I had to do it for like junior year English class or something. Oh yeah, In- like, I think it's like that in Ozymandias. My name is Ozymandias, <laughs> King of Kings. Look upon me, works. Look upon my works, ye mighty in despair. I don't know. <laughs> I've got a good memory too. No, no that's so, wow. Yeah, that's extremely impressive. Wow, I think it I has I, been like 15, 15 years. So yeah. Since, oh, it was a junior in high school. You had oh, yeah. to do that. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's what passed for education where I went to school. So, <laughs> Where'd yeah. you go to school? Uh, Union Local High School. Union, and, uh, Union Local High School? Throwing all kinds of shade at high school and Hulk Hogan and Ted Turner. and um, No, I mean, it was, I, I mean that, that in particular, I don't know, was a particularly impressive part of my education. But I do remember memorizing poems, and it got kids to read poems, so I suppose, you know. Yeah. Did you like your high school? No. Oh, really? was what, was, really, what was, was wrong with it? It was less the high school's fault than it was being a weird, awkward kid who clearly didn't fit. I mean, I come from a town of 400 people. Oh, small there are, town. There are so. a lot of small... There's a, it's a big district geographically, but there's a lot of small towns in it. Yeah. And I just don't really fit in. And that's not even... That's not a judgment. Yeah. I fit in better in a place like Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. I, I, I like this sort of culture better. Yeah. No, no, I, I feel that with you. I mean, if I had money, I'd move down here. I don't fit into Monroeville. Yeah. Yeah, Monroeville is, is just like suburban towns are just weird it, um, for me. It's just... I've been delivering for Postmates for extra money, and every once in a while I go out to the... You know, I spend some time in the suburbs, and yeah, it's just... I'm really uncomfortable with that kind of sprawl. Yeah. Like I, some of it, I'm like, yeah, I like, I like 
I like I like like bougie chachi ethnic restaurants as much as anybody. Yeah. But like especially when it's just chain stuff, and it's yeah. just miles of it. Just yeah. Like as far as the eye can yeah, see. Yeah. Monroeville, there's one row where it's all like chain, like fast food, and it keeps it's going. Just, yeah. It's like it's almost like I, I, I stop being mad and just get impressed. Yeah, but like here's the thing: I've done it. I, I eat at those places. Yeah. One time after a show here, uh, I was feeling kind of down. I went to Denny's just yeah. by myself. And here's the thing about Denny's. They, since I was just by myself, they brought up my food really fast. Mm-hmm. It was a great meal. It was incredibly fattening. But sure. uh, yeah, just. But I, just, I like Denny's. I'm not. I'm not even gonna front. Yeah, but, like I like some chain restaurants. Yeah, like, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I like. Uh, I'll, no, and that's why they're there, right? Yeah, yeah. Like we, we all have our. Yeah, our. It just not all of us are fancy people who like go to all the. I don't yeah, know. I, I don't. I don't know any fancy words, but bourgeois restaurants or. Yeah, I. I I'm both. Um, when we watched WrestleMania this year, back to wrestling, no, I dip back into One little reference back we, to wrestling. Um, we, we also grilled lobster tails. We had a big party and we also grilled lobster tails. So I like to be really classy and really low class at the same time. Oh, really? So yeah, <laughs> I, I like the Chachi ethnic restaurants. I like the Poke Bowl place in East Liberty. I'm also trying to eat healthy because my cholesterol is high. But I also <laughs> friggin' love the Waffle House. The wa- I, I where's, there a, where's there a Waffle oh, House? Um, the closest one is uh, Tanger Outlet, um, uh, whatever that road is, coming up 79. I drive back to Ohio each Sunday. So I, 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 I'm on oh, the interstate yes. a lot. There's one, yeah. there's one in Washington, but it's on Myrtland, so you have to go past the 79 uh, turnoff. So Tanger Outlets is a little more convenient. But yeah, there's like two right there within sequencing. I wish they'd build one up here, if there was one even reasonably close. Yeah. But not good for me. But um, <laughs> I, 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 one of my friends was telling me a story. Um, he went to school in uh, one of my fellow seminarians, uh, went to UNC. Yeah. And uh, in Durham or around there somewhere. The they, same high school you went to? or No, he um. He grew, he grew up in Pittsburgh and then went to North Carolina. So this is, yeah. this is in North Carolina when he was in college. Already. And uh, they built a new Waffle House on their campus or on, like, nearby in, the, in like, a local town. And everybody was really confused because, like, what does a new Waffle House look like? Like, if you've ever been to Waffle House, you're like, oh, this is dirty and grody. Yeah. And, like, they forgot to put grout in the tiles. And, like, and there's probably not soap or paper towels in the bathroom. If you get one or the other, you're lucky. Maybe they even have hot water, too. And, like, they do everything in front of you, so you kind of know it's terrible and greasy. Like, you can see what they're doing. But it's, like, it's just perfectly sincere. The waitress, I, I shouldn't say just waitress, but it's... The Waffle House I used to go to was almost inevitably a waitress. The wait person almost certainly doesn't care about your table. Sometimes they do. Sometimes yeah. they're, but they're always, but they're almost all, always. But that's all restaurants. It's a shitty job and they're obviously stressed. So oh, you kinda, yeah. Like I feel bad for them and I try to tip them well anyway. Yeah. But like there's something, but there's something kind of cool about that. I think, boy, I just feel like I'm throwing shade at everybody today. Ritter's is kind of the no, same you're way. giving your, you're giving your uh, true opinion. Yeah, I yeah. guess. Yeah. I, I like, I like Ritter's over on Bomb, but that's, it's that same sort of hit oh, or miss. Uh, I think I've been to Ritter's, have Wait, is the Ritter's on the Strip District? Uh, it's the, um, in Baum, on Baum Boulevard, um, by the hospital. Yeah, I think it's I... like an old. It looks like an old timey, not like a '60s diner, but it looks like they haven't updated the. Decor. Oh, Ritter's! Yes, yeah. yes, I've been there before. Yeah, it's really yeah, nice. Yeah, we take cash and yeah, no, it's cool. And I like going there, and they but like the service is still kind of hit or miss. Yeah, and there's something I kind of like about that. Like, yeah, like I, sassy I... flow the waitress right. Um, yeah, like, no, like, like Alice, the, re- the, the show from the seventies, Alice, Alice is done. Okay. I don't know. That's no, okay. No, no, no. I like believe sa- you. Like I believe s- that it exists. Yeah. Yes. Like a sassy sitcom waitress. You yeah. Ca- like you might get that person. Yeah. And there's something cool about that. I went to the same thing, but without a sassy waitress, I went there for like some kind of like a birthday party for mm-hmm. uh, Aunt Tracera 
and it was like in the back room of the place. Yeah, yeah. I, and I never, I've never gone back there. But, yeah, but it's just like a diner back. They room. don't it's usually let people sit back there. Actually, like, I usually go late at night. But yeah, yeah that, that's kind of their party room. Yeah, yeah. it was like right after uh, house team night here, and I just remember I went there. And like everyone has already eaten, mm-hmm. I was like, mm, I wonder if I'll get to eat. But then like the waitress was like, okay, I'm done for the night. I'm, my shift's done. And he was like, this other waitress will come and help you. She and she did ne- not. She yes. did not come. That is an endemic issue there. Um, yeah. And like the, the, the thing is, like the, first, be- the first waitress was probably really good. And then the second one just doesn't care. Yeah. And so I kind of know that going in. So I accept it. I My late night spot recently has been uh, Primanti's down in the strip district. Yeah. And I don't. How, how I, do you feel about Permanis, though? Okay, so... Do you think we should praise it? Do you think it should be like, oh, if you are touring, if you're a tourist in Pittsburgh, you gotta yeah, come I mean, to Permanis. Yeah, I would go to say I did. Like, how you eat a cheesesteak in Philly, or you get, you know, deep dish pizza in Chicago, to say you did, I guess. So, like, I will... I'll say this. Like, I don't super care to go to any of the Permantis that aren't the original one. And I guess it's a really hipster kind of thing to say. And the original but one is in on 18th district. street in the strip district. Yeah. yeah okay. Cause the other ones are just kind of sports bars. Yeah. Um, the sandwiches are good. I think Pittsburgh's probably maybe a, from an outsider as a transplant. I think Pittsburgh's yeah. maybe a little too proud of Permantis sandwiches. Like it's like, well, the, the story I, if I'm not mistaken is that like steel workers used to put the fries and the slaw on the sandwich. They could eat it with one hand while they were working. You didn't really, really? get a lunch break back then. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so that's why, cause they're, you're basically getting two sides and putting them on the sandwich. Well, yeah. you can work with one hand and eat with the other. Yeah. So that's cool. Do I love the sandwiches? If I'm there, I might eat one, especially the one in the strip district that doesn't do anything else other than sandwiches. They have, 20 different variations on that one sandwich and then like chili and you can get fries, but fries are part of the sandwich. It's not really even a separate dish. They yeah. only do sandwiches, those sandwiches and no like the salads. No, no, just nothing. those and, and the accoutrements, but really okay. not even that, like nothing to really go with the sandwich other than the stuff that's on the sandwich. Oh, okay. Um, the other Primanis do have, they do have a good late night menu because I like saving money, but it's all pretty much like fattening appetizer stuff too. Yeah. But I think appetizers are half off, like nine to 12. So that, yeah. they have that going for it. But they're just like- We're ha- doing such a good job of promoting <laughs> Primanti Brothers. I'm kind of hungry now, but I also yeah. have eaten like graham crackers and a cucumber today. So oh, yeah. Um, so go buck wild after this. I might, I might go to, Dive Bar has good late night specials too. I might go down there. Oh, do um, it, dude. Um, the, 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 I love the one down in the Strip District because it is- um, it's not, I, I don't, I, I don't want to say it's dirty because it's not dirty, but it feels like it's like well lived in. Yeah. And it's not like clinically clean. Well, how long that, has it been there since the 70s? Oh God, I don't know. Uh, 60s, 70s? Oh my God. Since the original. Um, I don't know. It just sort of feels like a comfortable place and not like somebody is like. In your face, like a loud, like. Yeah, it's not like. Chain restaurant. Or... Yeah, it's not like you don't have anybody with pieces of flair and, you know, like. Nobody's like especially because it's the original and because it's a local chain and that's like that's the restaurant that from which all the others bloomed, like they can just sort of be themselves and like nobody's like if you go to Outback if if you went to like an Outback Steakhouse and it was in the same condition as that Primanti's nobody would go there yeah but people go to this because it's an institution. And it's open twenty four seven, which helps. Really? Yeah, oh which is God. cool. I, I, no, I, they were closed on Easter because I tried to go there on Easter, and they were closed. But other than other than like maybe some major holidays, twenty four seven, and it just feels like they have all these caricatures of famous Pittsburgh people on the walls, like a whole bunch, um, you know, Jimmy Stewart and Dean Martin and a bunch Wait, of Jimmy Stewart. 
was born here? I don't know where Jimmy Stewart's from. Dean Martin's from Steubenville. So, yeah. Ohio, but Pittsburgh area. Okay. You know, um, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, uh, Kurt Angle, who won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck and is now in WWE. Um, all those people. Henry Mancini's up there. Who's Henry Mancini? Uh, he wrote Moon River. Oh, he was okay. a famous, fairly famous composer. Um, wrote the Cat in the Hat. Or not the Cat in the Hat. Mother. The Pink Panther theme. Not the Cat in the Hat theme. Oh. Same thing, right? I, cartoon Pink cat. Panther. Um, Okay, that's not get sued, but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, just a bunch of famous Pittsburgh people. Mary Cassatt's up there, the the impressionist wow. painter. There's a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, a lot of cool know people. Who any Pittsburgh. of these people are? Like, I do yeah. nothing about Pittsburgh. I don't know history about this. Place. It's a cool town. Yeah, I like. like it I agree. It's a cool town. Like yeah. the comedy scene got me to like Pittsburgh. Okay. Because back then I was this depressed high schooler, and even like outside of uh, out of high school, I was still this depressed. Kind of kid, just kind of like, oh, fuck this place. But, right. like, you know, to get heartfelt. Uh, sure. But it's just a true statement. Like, you know, the comedy scene goes like, okay, this is the thing I like here. Yeah. Because I'm not a sports fan at all. Sure. Like, I just... And there's so much of that. I, right. I just never connected to it. But, yeah. like, what were you like in high school, though? Because you kind of intrigued me with that. Like, what was your high school like? Was it a public school? What was it? It was, co- it was yeah. Um, not, not real large. I think I had 130 kids in my graduating class. Okay. So oh, that's nice. Um, like, did you, did you have friends? Did you? Not really. Yes and no. I mean, I'm hoping if I put this on Facebook and somebody I know from high school is listening. Um, like, hey, hey, I was your friend. Yeah, I was, um, I was probably kind of a dick back then. I mean, I think a yeah, lot of us were in high here. school. And I keep reminding myself because I see people on Facebook and I was like, I didn't like that person in high school. And then they have like, they seem like they've overcome a lot. And they. Yeah. Um, do you ever do the thing of like, uh, I'll admit I've done this. Like you look somebody up from that oh, yeah. you went to high school with, and go like, I wonder what this person's doing. So the thing is, is that like I went to Ohio State for college, yeah. and we were one of the first. Originally, Facebook was only a college thing, and we were one of the first schools to get it. And we only really knew it was kind of like it might be a big thing because one of my sweet mates had gone to a summer colloquium something about politics with a kid from Harvard and that's where it started. And so he's like, Hey, like I know this guy from Harvard who knows this guy who started this thing. We should all join it. It's cool. So like I've been on Facebook longer than it's, I don't, I don't think I have any street cred because of this. I've been on Facebook longer than any of you whippersnappers, but like from the very, (laughs) but like I was in like 2004 and I was right out of high school. So like the first thing I did was look up people from high school because that was kind of who I knew at the time. But yeah. I don't know. It's it's cool to look, to look back and like even if that guy was a jerk to me in high school, people grow up and yeah, people, people change. Up, yeah. I yeah. had to go through a lot to get where I am, and I'm reasonably proud of the person I am today. Yeah, I don't know. I try. You you really intrigued me, but when you told you opened up to me a little bit, yeah, uh, about like your story. I mean, um, how long have you been doing a seminary school? Is that the correct uh, term for? Yeah, I'm a I'm a rising senior. So sem- yeah, I'm a I'm a third year. Senior at Pittsburgh Theological Seminary. Has religion always been a part of your life? No. No. Decidedly um, not. Yeah. Like, what? Uh, I mean, I could ask you these questions, sure. and like, I have a feeling it's going to be like the typical, like, oh, I was at the end of my rope. Yeah. Really? Um, there's a lot of that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, was it like drugs, alcohol, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. would you be doing, did you do a lot of drugs? Like, yeah, mostly alcohol. Uh, uh, alcohol I, I guess, yeah. like, on, on, I say I say recovering addict uh, because I because th- addict encompasses all those things. Like if you go to NA meetings, yeah, did they, you? Um, yes, and oh, and yeah. still do. I don't get to as many as I would like or as many as I probably should. Do you like going to them or are they? I, it's it's a nice it's a nice reminder of yeah. especially when you see one of the things they'll say in the rooms, like the twelve step rooms, is uh, 
you like the newcomer is the most important person at any meeting. And it's true on a couple different levels, which is one, that person really needs support. Like if you, if when you just get, when you first get clean and sober, uh, even that, even clean and sober, like sort of draws the distinction between drugs and alcohol. It's the same part of the brain, man. Especially with like what these kids are doing nowadays. Like they're drinking and shooting up or smoking or like they're doing all of it at once. So it's the same disease and they'll take you down either way. The things these people are doing now, like I only got like a tiny little glimpse of it. Yeah. And like, like I, I almost did cocaine. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I did Molly. I did pills a couple times sure. with people. I mean, did you do that stuff? Or yeah, it... I would do about anything when I was drunk. Oh is yeah. The, so like, I never hardcore got. I'm glad I didn't get into pills because I think that would have been really easy. Yeah, it just makes you numb. Like, like the pills yeah. I did, it just makes you numb, and it's like, why am I doing this? This is before this is... like painkillers got really big. Like, yeah. You know, oxy and perk thirties and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Um. So I'm glad that I. I mean, I'm glad I got out for a variety of reasons, but like, I never like shooting up. I don't like needles. I'm a wimp at the doctor when they have to draw blood. Yeah. I did pretty good this last time. I was proud of myself. Yeah. But yeah, and smoking never really got to me. So like, you I never do... smoked weed or? Yeah, I smoke weed. Yeah. Do, do you still? No, do you I, know? no, I don't. I'm 100%. I, I, I'm caffeinated. That's about the extent of it. Straight edge. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, 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 the that's the, the, the X sign. Yeah. Like... Straight edge means I'm better than you. Woo! Um, yeah. No, and that's not true. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess government. Some straight edge people do that. Yeah, it's, do um, have that. Do I, I, have that did attitude. Have, who did I have this discussion with the other day? Yeah. Oh, it was. Um, we were trying to put together a sketch show at Skit. So, um, I could name names, but I don't know if you know any of these people. But we we're t- like um, edge lording is what it's called. What's edge lording? Oh, like I'm straight edge, and that means I'm better than you. Uh. So like <laughs> they thought it meant something else, and yeah. we had this whole discussion, and then it got into edging, and it was this, there's a sexual connotation. Oh, okay. But mm. yeah, like so, <laughs> sorry. No, just, yeah, I, I was I was unaware. I learned some things that day, um, <laughs> and yeah. that's how I was educated about um, taboo sexual practices from my from my sketch writing mates. Nice. Anyway. Um, yeah, so like the new, obviously, like when you first come in from the street, you know, you're out there doing research, as we say, you know. Yeah. Um, like you're really vulnerable for uh, in a lot of different ways. Uh, when you're on, when you're doing drugs? When, or? Well, certainly when you're doing drugs, but like even, especially when you come back in the rooms or when you come into the rooms for the first time, like I'm trying to kick this. Like that's when, especially that like first 30 days, people really need support to get through. But the, new, the newcomer is also the most important person for the rest of us because. Yeah. I, I can close that door, but I can't shut it. What door do you mean? What, is that what I mean to say? I can close the door, but I'm not going to close it all the way, like to my past. Like yeah. I need to be able to remember how bad that was and how I almost died. Because if I don't remember that, then that's the first step to going back out there. Like a lot of other stuff has wow. to happen along the way. But if I forget that I'm an addict, and there are people who think differently about this, and I respect that, and this is a very 12-step thing to say, I have a lot of different opinions on the 12 steps. I would always recommend them for somebody coming like who's getting sober, who's getting yeah. clean. Um, Did you do I, all of them? Yes. Did, was there people you had to reconcile with? Yeah. And uh, what, what I, what, what's interesting about that is that I found um, we're just selfish creatures in a lot of ways. Oh, hell um, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. And like yeah. these things I was really worried about that I had like held in my heart, like either as resentment or anger or in retrospect, you know, once I got came out the other side of it, you know, I was remorseful about, were just like not a big deal to them at all. Really? Like, like yeah, they were like sometimes kind of get on me for apologizing. The thing is, like, especially in in those steps, and like when you make the list of people you've and, and 
you're supposed to recon- you're supposed to make amends with them if it would not do more harm than good because there are cases when you should stay away you from you should them. just like it's better for everybody if you just don't but it's for you i mean it's for them but it's most it's for you primarily because they might say like no go to hell i don't accept your apology you wrong me and this you is unfixable that did that and happen you, to you or no it never did thankfully oh, everybody was very gracious with me but there's a chance that'll happen but it's for you you have to be able to say i tried to make amends if they don't want it that's fine I'm where I need to be spiritually. Yeah. But I, some people kind of got like, oh, well, we were just dumb college kids. Like, forget about it. That's silly to apologize. Like, no, this isn't silly to me. Um, but like, I don't, I don't want to get mad at them for like, for it's, it's a complicated, I'm, I'm glad they had that reaction and not no go to hell. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there are people who like, they just really didn't seem to think it was a big deal. And, and they were in general, really gracious about it to the point where I kind of wanted them to take it more. Like I wasn't, I wasn't sure they were taking it as seriously as I did, but that's also like, you know, you think you have these things in your past and you think, or even things that you do these days and you go improv comedy is a good place. Like this is a good segue actually. Um, we, especially comedians, I think, um, but artists in general are really self-critical Yeah, and and certain amount of that self-reflection is really good, but you come out to the wings, you're like, Oh, I scene like i you know like oh i shouldn't have done that oh i denied them yeah i should have made that choice that should have been better I'm hogging um, the stage is a big thing I always, I, yeah i yeah, bowled big, over these people right yeah um no but no they like your fellow improviser generally speaking probably didn't notice that the audience certainly didn't like yeah. i'm a musician so like if you don't tell people you played wrong notes they have no idea yeah like 98 percent of them have unless they have musical training they do not know that you played wrong notes in fact yeah. they probably think you were fabulous Oh, um, you mean the audience? Yes. Yeah. yeah really. oh, so yeah, the audience. Yeah. That, that's just to say that like these things that, you know, people, maybe they were pissed off in the moment. Maybe they thought you harmed them. They kind of dealt with it and moved on with their lives. And yeah. so I'm glad I did it. And I'm glad it wasn't a big deal and nobody fought with me. It felt good to be able to do it. Yeah. But um, it also shows that you, I mean, you had this problem, but you weren't like ruining friendships. It wasn't. It did, from what you said, it doesn't the, seem the, like you were like... The, they were on thin ice, a lot of them. Um, really? Some, some people sort of um, purposely kept distance from me uh, when it started to get real bad. Yeah. Um, which I don't blame them. Because um, that's... I mean, it's a really toxic thing that you're doing to people around you. Like, I was not, I was not just a nuisance. I was just actively destructive to people around me. Um, my family well, got you, a lot of it. Were you, were you like vocally abusive? Yeah. Abuse? Really? Yeah. Especially when you were drunk. Yeah, especially when somebody confronted me about it, which is fairly common, right? Yeah, yeah I like, see. It all. Nobody wants to be told that because I, I was usually pretty mellow until somebody tried to cut me off, and that caused a lot of problems. So, oh yeah, yeah. How long have you been sober? Uh, J- July fifteenth was five years. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It I mean, I have definitely not gone through what you've gone through, but like uh, doing therapy, it made mm-hmm. me think about some stuff, and there's still some past that. I, stuff from my past that I need to confront. Sure. It's, and sometimes it's fucking hard and there's a lot of my life is like, I'm, o- I'm a master overanalyzer. Okay, yeah. And there are certain things where people are just like, yeah, I don't care. But also, it, uh, for me, it came to like, you know, like, oh, those people just weren't really my friends. Yeah. Like people I was around in high school. Like I talked to That's one guy true. I went to high school with. And uh, it's still very hard for me to like reach out to people, but that's something I'm pushing myself on. And mm-hmm. just, but also there's just things I noticed that like, you know, I just don't need anymore. Like yeah. uh, since I went on medication, I don't drink anymore because mm-hmm. it just gave me a headache. Yeah. And weed, like I was never a big pothead. And the, like, I just had this epiphany like a month ago. Like 
But like slowly, like I would try it again after a couple years. And I was at a Fourth of July party, mm-hmm. and I smoked some weed, and it just gave me a headache. And then I kind of like, like I was like present, but like I couldn't really like speak. Yeah. Like I was thinking all right. Like I was in my head going like, oh my god, like I'm way too high. Mm-hmm. But like I couldn't really like join in on the talking, like the conversing, the party. And then I just like as I was driving home, like the next day, I was going like, yeah, I don't really need this. Yeah. Yeah, this is just like, and I feel like I like I wrote it in my like notes in my phone. I was just like, this is I really have to like say like I just can't do this. And it's not like a serious thing. I didn't like cry or anything, but it was just like, yeah, just it's just not me. Yeah, and I, I it was a thing like, like I gotta stop thinking like, oh, I should do this because it seems cool. I'm like, yeah, it just it's not for me. Yeah, I, I I'm. I'm past that point. Oh, well, I mean, again, I've been through, but like, even yeah. then I'm just sort of, up, I'm, I'm past that culture. Yeah. Which I mean, people can do, people can do what they want. Like, and there's plenty of people who can do that sort of thing responsibly. Um, and that's fine. I don't, I, I was on, I, I was on Carson street on Sunday. I was delivering for Postmates and is it sky bar that's down there. And yeah. I had this huge party on the roof. And I was like, boy, that all sounds unpleasant to me. Like, I don't know what they're doing or what they're smoking, but it was just loud and there were people and it was clearly crowded. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't like any of these things. I don't, I don't want to be around people in those quarters. It's hot. It's sweaty. Everything's too loud. Yeah. I still go to concerts, but like, don't thump that bass in my ear. And I, I sound like a crotchety old man, but you know, I don't care anymore. No, I can be like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know what? Southside like, is just annoying in general. Like when it gets to yeah. like that 11 that, midnight time. Yeah. And people yeah. are stumbling across crosswalks and yeah. when they shouldn't be and you almost hit them with your car it's happened almost a few yeah, yeah like it's just people i hope they're be, i hope they're being more responsible than they look like they're being is all i want to say about that mostly because yeah. i don't want to hit them with my car yeah but you yeah. don't want to run over someone with your car if just I could, don't run over it's people a, it's a new <laughs> car and also they might die and those oh, you I got a new car uh new um new to me <laughs> yeah, I, I had a 1999 Buick, Ooh. and there was a, there was a leak in the fuel line. I mean, it had a lot of problems, and you, you kind of milk it along because, like, who can afford a new car, right? Oh yeah. Um, but like at some point, the repairs you're going to have to make are going to be such that you might as well, you just got to bite the bullet and do it. And I put a clamp on the fuel line, and it fell off, and it was still leaking. I put another clamp on it. And I'm like, this isn't going to last all that much longer, and it's going to be probably four digits once that blows. Because yeah. you got to like, you got to take everything off the damn car. It's not even the part itself; it's the labor of that'll course. get you. Because I can't do it myself. And boy, they start charging like seventy bucks an hour labor to take all the shit off on the bottom of that car. So my parents and I went in on it, which was which is very nice of them. And that's a cool thing, right? Like sort of dovetailing the conversation, like. My parents used to, I lived with them for a while after, I lived in Alabama, I was going to law school and I got hit by a tornado. Other story. Um, so I couldn't live there anymore. What? what? <laughs> I got hit by a tornado? Yeah, I got Why hit the by- hell did this not get brought up early on the podcast? I, 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 I am Wait, were you, I contain you, Were you in the air, like spinning inside the turn? No, that's not a thing that happens. That's oh, a okay. Wizard of Oz. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry to burst your bubble. Oh. I think if that happens to you, you die. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you get to the point where you're being sucked up like the Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah. yeah. No, I was in the apartment when it hit though. Yeah. So like I was like ground zero of it, and like people in my apartment complex died. Really? Yeah. It's some shit, man. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm still still sort of dealing with the fall. It's been uh, seven plus years, but yeah. Uh, t- 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 I, I so it I, hit your apartment. Was your apartment destroyed? My apartment itself was still standing in that it was. I was on the ground floor, and there were apartments above me and beside me. 
So the ones on the end were the ones that got, well, first of all, the ones on the top because the roof got ripped off and the ones on the side where there was no support, there was like a breezeway, uh, were the ones that got hit really hard. And that's where like the loss of life occurred. Really? I was in a, like, there's not a good place to be in a tornado, but I was in one of the best places in that apartment complex, I guess. Yeah. But like, you know, like my window blew in and like there were boards impaled in the wall. Like they, they let us in a couple days afterwards to grab whatever we could, but then they condemned the place right after that. So yeah. It was not safe to be in, frankly. Oh my God. Um, that happened a lot in Alabama? I don't think Alabama gets a lot, a lot. This was, um, this was an F4. It was half a mile wide, oh this tornado. Uh, there was a big supercell in uh, uh, April 2011. Um, and, and, uh, you, can, you can Google it because it was kind of a big deal when it happened. But it's kind of a whole other set of stories. But I had to move back in with my parents because law school wasn't working out because I was drinking and I was depressed and... And because I have these mental illnesses that I deal with, too. Yeah. And so they kind of chase each other down the same drain. And I'm thankful to be at a point where it was kind of like what you were saying. Like, even if I could do drugs, if I didn't have, like, the addictive personality, if I thought, like, and there's also, like, this biochemical part of it, too, right? Like, I take one drink and my brain says, no, give me more. Yeah. Like, I will fight you. Give me more. Even if I could do it responsibly, which I'm almost sure I can't. And frankly, I don't want to find out if I can't. Because I've got, like... I've got another binge in me. I don't know if I have another recovery in me. That's something you'll hear in the 12 step rooms. Like if I go out, I don't know if I'm coming back. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just, I have two, there are too many things that I'm involved in that need attention. Like I just got to be on my game. Yeah. Which is like, I never thought that being responsible would feel this good. But if I'm sitting there, even if I'm not harming anybody, I'm sitting there harmlessly eating Cheetos, just stoned out of my gourd. I got, I should be doing something else with that time. I got to be present. I got to be here. I got like I got a good mind when I put my when I put my mind to it. I got yeah. a good mind, I guess. But <laughs> no, that like, makes sense. Like when my, when my synapses are firing, there are people who can get high, who can get shit done. Yeah. Like there are people who can mm, smoke so much weed and actually function yeah. and do shit. I'm just not one of those people. Right. Like it just. I don't think most people are. Yeah, it just like slows me down and just like I just have a headache afterwards. I'm yeah. just. I'm just fine with being a boring white guy. Like yeah. after like when yeah. that happened, I like had like that thought in my mind. I was like, yeah, I just, this just this isn't for me. Yeah, I just and that's, that stuff that's is a, that's working. That's a mature out. realization when you're starting. Like, I don't really care what these people think of me. Like, we all care to a certain extent what people think of us, right? Because if you don't, you're a sociopath. Yeah. But you're like, I'm not going to let that determine what I do. I don't like this. I'm not going to go there. Yeah. I don't like these people at this job. I'll find another job. You yeah. know what? Like, I, I I'm, I'm, I'm just. On my better days, I'm just really through with worrying about that sort of thing. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be respectful. I'm going to be polite. I'm going to be friendly. But kind of like what you were saying before about high school friends, like, if you don't have time for me, I, don't, I just don't have time for you anymore. Yeah. I'm not going to, like, kill myself trying to make these relationships work when I'm the same way on dating sites, which is a whole other conversation. Oh, my God. I hate them. Like, I just it's just so shitty. I can't. Any, I don't know. I might delete the apps again. I'll download them again in three months. Delete them. No, don't do that I'll to probably yourself. Just, yeah, I'll probably delete them. No, right. delete them. Um, Meet people naturally. I don't know how to do that either. That's yeah, the other problem. That's what I do, and I'm, I'm terrible at it. I'm still bad at, like, conversing with people. I thought I would be better at it by this point in time. Improv yeah. helped. Improv definitely helps, but there are just times where I go like, like after I left class yesterday, I was like, oh God, I like, I am just like empty Yeah, on conversation. I think, yeah. I think that's a normal reaction and I think it's healthy that you realize that. And yeah. I think, and I, and you and everybody I think needs a certain amount of time with yourself. And cause I definitely have, you know, especially when my antidepressant is wearing down where I'm like, I just don't want to deal with people. I can't yeah. deal with any more people today. That's okay. 
Let, yeah. Like, let your, not, I'm not your therapist. Like, let yourself have that. You know what? Yeah. And like, <laughs> no, if, no, no, that's good advice. If you're like though. that all the time, then there might be some issues and things you need to work out. But yeah. like, if you're like, no, I'm tapped. Yeah. You know, that's something exactly that my therapist would say yeah. anyway. But uh, yeah, I do beat myself up about it sometimes though. I just go like, oh, why can't I, like, this person's cool. Why can't I, like, talk yeah. to them? But there's just, I just gotta, like, remind myself what you just said. Like, I need time to myself. And there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. No. Yeah, people need to learn that. I mean, like, if you, you know. it, I mean, if you give all of yourself away, then you have nothing left anyway. Oh, my right? God. So. Holy shit. I think we need to end it on that piece of advice. Okay. Oh, my God. I want to have you back. I feel like we barely I lo- scratched I the surface. a lot more stories. Yeah, we oh, still, the hell yeah. yeah. Come back some point later in the future. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I want to hear some more stories. Once this becomes a bestseller on iTunes. <laughs> oh. Half an hour of me talking about pro wrestling and then <laughs> the other tornadoes half? in prison and drugs. and Oh, I didn't even tell you about it when I was in jail. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's oh, oh maybe next time. God damn Sorry. it. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. You're definitely going to come back. I want to hear that story. All right. Thank you, Michael. Right, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Of course. Bye. You have been listening to Unplanned Comedy Pods a podcast collection.